0: There's a scene where they get in trouble and baby Tang just yells out, It's time to deploy the middle child and rips the middle baby off his (laughs) bandolier and throws it. (laughs) Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 311. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening, morning, afternoon drive to work by the one and only Charles Feather. Hello, hello. And the one and only Marco Sanchez. Hello, hello, hello. Well, three hellos. Well, he's got to yeah. one-up me some way or another, Right. Well, that's that's <laughs> hello inflation right there. Last year it would have only been two hellos. Yeah, I got I got to get with the program. Yeah. All right. So, this episode, since it's coming out like Christmas weekend, and we're all busy doing shopping and stuff like that, is going to be a little more laid back, a little more chill. Have you guys got all your Christmas shopping done?
1: I think so. Everything minus one, but that's being done tomorrow because I have the day off, so why not? Yeah? Yeah. For once, I'm not frantically running around the day beforehand or the day of. I
0: remember when I worked retail, I... Absolutely despised when Christmas fell on, like, a Monday or a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to all uh, all you retail workers, you know.
2: That have to put in a full weekend of bad behavior. Yeah, I can see yeah. it. are
1: gonna have a
0: bad time. Yeah, that's I get all it. I can say. I get all it. All right, so <laughs> when we were talking about what to do for this particularly lighter episode... I, I believe it was Charles came up with a particular idea. Uh, Charles, do you want to do you want to educate uh, the audience as to what we're going to be doing? I don't know. Was it was this
2: my idea, or was it was it Marcus's idea?
0: Marcus, was it your idea? We were I both think working it was kind on of this
2: between the it was, both of it us. It was a, it was a simultaneous explosion of greatness. I think
1: it was pure
2: creativity, just yeah. aligning perfectly. Yeah. So, welcome, gentle listener, to Judge Cast Festivus. I can't do Seinfeld Festivus. invitations, but, but I do want you to know, I have problems with you people, and I'm going to tell you about them. I don't know if that's an actual <laughs> quote, but it sounds like one.
1: It's pretty close. <laughs> um, a Festivus
2: for the rest of us. A Festivus for the rest we're of us. We're doing it. So, yes. so Festivus is broken up into, at my understanding, is four events. It's Festivus Dinner, followed by the airing of Grievances, and then we have Feats of Strength and Festivus Miracle. And tonight, we're going to try and hit most of those. I think we're not sure about the miracle that just kind of has to spontaneously happen, but we'll see if we get
0: there. (laughs) So the Festivus is for those who might not know is a fictitious holiday created for the TV show Seinfeld from the nineties. And it takes place on December 23rd, which is
2: really cool because this just might just might be posted December 23rd
0: or maybe the day after. I'm not sure. Um, and but oh, and legit- oh, it'll be
1: out on Festivus. <laughs> if,
0: if you are wanting to, there apparently is a place called FestivusPoles. dot com where you can order your very own Festivus pole. I have an I have a good friend um, of many years who
2: actually puts a Festivus pole up in their front yard every year, and it's brilliant. I love it.
1: <laughs> I find tinsel too distracting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's so, it for quotes. I think.
0: So we're doing Festivus dinner, the airing of grievances, feats of strength, <laughs> and the Festivus miracle. All right, so what, Get ready, what, is, what does the Festivus dinner entail? So we asked
2: our our, uh, our listeners um, in in the in the uh, Discord server what questions they would like us to ask or answer, talk about, um, and they and they posted some questions to us, and and I don't know if we would do all of them, but. I think that there are a couple here that are, that are interesting. There was a reoccurring theme through all of them, um, at least mentioned a couple of times. And that is somebody wanted to know what our, our thoughts and opinions were on supplemental policy documents for CEDH documents. So I, as this is (laughs) dinner, and we're going to sit here and have a nice discussion and we're not going to enter into politics. We're instead going to talk about, uh, alternate CEDH policy documents. Um, so, so, what has everybody thought about these uh, wonderful devices that um, we've been using in the past year or so,
0: Brian? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're all looking I'm sure at you, this Brian. This is This is more suited for the airing of grievances. Um, <laughs> I think. I think CompRel competitive EDH tournaments are a blight on the of the Magic community. And there we go. Okay. Bleep. <laughs> what? That
2: gets bleeped? Um, I don't know, does it? It's a good question. I don't know. It's uh, in there now. I don't know. In we'll it's in there it now.
0: Okay, the butt. It's on the buttocks. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. Um, um, so, yeah.
2: Charles, what do you think? Uh, I think that policy as it's written is not designed for competitive EDH. Multiplayer adds a whole new aspect to it a little bit. Um, there's some twists and turns. I think that um, Watsy or Wizards of the Coast should probably not enter into the fray too much. Because I think it's a very subjective area of policy, uh, area of of, uh, rules interactions. So what should we do? Um, Continue to use the best set of alternative rules that are available to us. I don't know. I don't love it. I know that Wizards of the Coast doesn't love it for various reasons. <laughs> I'm on the fence. I, I, here's what I do think. I do think players want these events. And if we can figure out a way to give them to them in a structured manner with reasonable prize support that continues to draw them in, I think that we need to figure out a way to do it. That's what I think.
1: I agree with that. I think, so have either of you ever judged a competitive REL commander event before? Uh, I have not done a competitive rel. Uh, however,
0: we have done with cool stuff. You know, having done four command fest now, they did two events, or actually, they did they did one event that had a commander tournament with rather substantial prizes. And I mean, it was still done at regular. And I did not like the behavior of certain players. Or I did not like the behavior that we had a lot of other tournaments where people were cool and that one people stopped being cool in.
2: And I did work at an event where this was happening, but I was not directly involved. So I, I got to see some of the uh goings ons about it. Uh the number one complaint I have is is that round times are a suggestion and not a actual guideline.
1: <laughs> hmm. Okay. I bring this up because I have judged a competitive REL CEDH event. And I will say, so I'm going to give a shout out to Eminence Games, who are the ones who ran the tournament that I worked at. Uh, They have a particular policy that I looked over and couldn't really find much issue with. Uh, They have publicly released it. It's on their Twitter somewhere, I believe. I think it's a solid policy. I think that uh, to touch on what Charles said, because there's so much demand for this and i mean like shocking amounts of demand i did not expect there to be this much talk and demand for competitive edh tournaments uh, or competitive rel cedh tournaments the fact that there's two competitors in there makes it very confusing to talk about but the fact that so many people were really into this idea makes me feel like we have to do something i don't even know if it's something that's optional at this point because if not then things are going to go a little wild west with it. And kind of like what Brian and Charles were pointing out, things are going to feel very unruly and not not handled in the way that we are expecting as judges. So I definitely like a lot of what's out there. Um, I'm going to be working a Star City event pretty soon, and I know they have a CEDH event there as well. Uh, I haven't seen any additional policy documents there, but I definitely want to see them, and I kind of want to long-term come to a consensus so- of what is going to work, but... I I do want to clarify that that C-E-D-H is
0: kind of ambiguous, okay? Mm -hmm. The C is ambiguous because the C could mean competitive rules enforcement level. It could mean competitive as in those you know when you talk about deck levels deck levels nine and ten it could talk about a play style where you are legitimate you are playing the ridiculous cards that your friends don't let you play at the kitchen table and you're in Mm -hmm. it to win okay that's that's an interesting point yeah okay so the c can mean multiple different things uh specifically i am fine with two of those three c's One of the things that I (laughs) dislike is how much oxygen CEDH tournaments are starting to take up. Like, I'm looking at the trend line, and I'm seeing, you know, in the future, you know, YouTube content producers and stuff like that talking about the CEDH meta and stuff like that, which just kind of, like, blows my mind, but... You know, one of the cool things about EDH is it's not tainted by tournament, by, you know, high stakes tournament play like a lot of the other formats are. I kind of want to say that it's, it's pure and all the grinder types are going to ruin it. So,
2: yeah, that's um, my perspective.
0: It's what happens is as soon as it starts, you know, what's going to happen is, is you're going to start having, um, rules to deal with table talk and politicking and all that kind of stuff and whatever becomes expected at tournaments is going to become the norm at the kitchen table too
1: i i'm gonna respectfully disagree
2: yeah, i okay. i I've seen these players and and I've talked with some of them. I I'm gonna jump in here with Marcus. I I honestly think that a lot of them are pretty strong about policing themselves. I think they okay. I think they really respect the game. I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah. But I I think I think that there is the potential for a couple of bad eggs, just as there's the potential in any other tournament. I don't think it's any more or any less. Than what we would see, let's say in a in a five hundred player modern tournament where you've got angle shooters sitting at the table trying to um, bend the rules to their will. Sure, yeah, but like the first
0: that. time, the first time like mana bullying becomes a thing at uh, a kitchen table, I'm just gonna you know like shake my fist at every Cedh tournament. Anyway,
1: <laughs> so fair. I, I don't think it'll ever get there, but I see your point. Okay, I'm going to call time out.
2: Um, just because we've we've gone on yep. commander, 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 and we got a lot of other questions sure. that are fun All to right, answer, to like the one from Rob McKenzie. He asks, "What are our opinions on the new Minnesota State flag redesign?" Um, does anybody want to take it? It's it's a blue star. Uh, No, it's a white star on a light blue field with a darker blue um, angled piece intruding on the light blue part. You can see it
1: posted in our Discord, which, by the way, all these questions came from our Discord. If you haven't joined our Discord, come and check it out.
2: See, I haven't looked at it in two hours. The star has moved. The star is in the darker blue portion. um, Mm. And the light blue portion is free of any
0: accoutrement. It it, it looks like... It looks like the the flag looks like the Minnesota state motto should be "Where is my supersuit?" <laughs> uh,
2: I I, I want to go with "It looks like uh, daddy shark."
0: <laughs> <laughs> now it you looks won't like be a able. Flag to... That I want to use you...
1: to claim land in the 1600s. <laughs> so it's a good Ed.
2: flag for Minnesota. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right.
1: That's that, that is like our biking.
0: thoughts on the. On the Minnesota state flag. What did the old Minnesota flag look like?
1: I I don't know.
0: Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh.
1: oh, if it's that kind of reaction, then yes, good job, Minnesota, for updating it.
0: Yeah, it's like, what is this? Oh, now I'm envious.
2: Because the New Jersey state flag is not too far from that. So it's maybe it's time for us to update as well. This is... This is an awful flag. This is... Yeah, mine's... Uh, New Jersey's not really... I mean, New Jersey has a lot of symbolism, which I assume this has a lot of symbolism in it. You know, it's got oh, all sure. the different stars and the flowers and the, the guy working the field and some something that's either French or Latin inscribed across it that's probably the state motto. But it is a terrible
0: looking flag. I, I feel like this was, A, designed by a committee... And B designed by <laughs> by someone who just had a whole lot of like circles and stars in cloth that they just needed to use.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it too, and that is awful. <laughs> well, I'm glad
2: that I'm Min- glad that Minnesota updated that. So, Rob, thank you for the question. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you, and 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 this uh, definitely was a topic that we
1: needed to talk about at Festivus. <laughs> Okay. All right. I got another one for everybody. Yeah? So uh, someone asked, what is your greatest regret as a judge? Let's let's get into some real talk here. Charles, what is your greatest regret as a judge? Wow. I think one of my
2: greatest regrets is not being able to keep a friend of mine in the program. When he was done, he was done, and he wanted to walk away from it. And, and I knew that, and I I tried to respect that, but I miss him. mm and I can't yeah, think of any. I I can't yeah. think of anything else at the moment. But but when somebody walks away, and and they walk away because they've had enough. A friend of mine once told me in, in regards to another program that I was a part of that once you're no longer having fun, you need to stop because if it's not a job, and for many of us this is more hobby. If you're not having fun, you need to find a way to walk away. And and my friend was no longer having fun. And I couldn't figure out a way to help him have fun. So we no longer have this shared experience that we can talk about, except he sits there and points at me every once in a while and says, ha ha. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) but, but the point is, is that I really, I really do miss interacting with them on the, on the, on the show floor. Um, I miss traveling with them. So, so yeah, I guess that's probably one of my greatest regrets. Um,
0: sim similar, in, in the way that I also had a very good friend in the judge program and they, I'll, I'll just say they zigged when they should have zagged politically and mm. it, it, uh, it, it you know, it resulted in some problems. So uh, I, I, I do miss that person, but at the same time, whew, you got to draw a line somewhere.
1: Marcus? I guess my greatest regret as a judge... Honestly, it goes back to when I first really got into it, is that I went so hard at it and so fast at it that I didn't really stop to appreciate the fun stuff about it as much, because I was so focused on what the next thing was. Like, I had that, you know, go get first-year, second-year, gung-ho attitude of a, a newly-minted L1 to a newly-minted L2, and just going like, oh yeah, I'll be L3 in a week, and... Yeah, I didn't get to really stop and smell the roses and I miss that because there's a lot of good stuff that I missed on because I was too focused on what was next.
2: You know, it, that reminds me of something that uh, a, I would assume a friend of the show, uh, Jeff Foster posted earlier today, I think, about how they're um, excited that they now spend a little extra time in the towns that they go to. They They don't fly out immediately on the heels of the event. And they get it to spend a little bit of time sightseeing and, and touring around. And I think that's important. If we're going to judge and if we're going to see the world, uh, take time to smell the roses.
1: Yeah. yeah. Don't just see what the carpet looks like in this airport versus another one. Yeah. All right. Any tales from Dreamhack
0: is a question from Sam Philiber. Uh, yeah, I do have one that's kind of kind of funny, kind of amusing. So Dreamhack was my first large comp relevant since pre pandemic times. And there was a point on Saturday where the Verizon network was having problems and tournaments nowadays are extremely dependent on people having cellular data, Wi Fi, that kind of thing, access to the internet to report their results slips. And so it was, it was pretty bad for a bit and the stage staff was contemplating going to paper slips. <laughs> and while they while while they were printing out paper slips, I happened to be walking by and I was the uh, the kitchen sink team lead, essentially. Um uh, uh, Joe Klopchik essentially said, now I don't remember what he actually said, but it basically equated to Brian you're an old fart, Um, we might need to make slips happen, get a plan together. And and just like handed (laughs) me a stack, handed me like a giant printout, a giant pile of of like 130 pages of match slips. Oh, God. Yeah, and, and so we found a paper cutter that could do about 10 pages at a time. I recruited uh, Michael Aerosmith Baldy. It was like fellow old fart. You will assist me in, <laughs> <laughs> and and so we 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 started cutting cutting slips in case it was needed, and then we like passed the word and had like little assemble squads to talk to judges about how to pass out match slips and like how we were going to do this thing, and there were judges on. You know, on every team that were like, what's a paper match slip kind of thing. So <laughs> it was fun. Uh, turns out we did not end up needing it, but it was a fun exercise in going back to old school. And was just it was just funny because one of the things when you are one of the um, air quotes tricks is you will have a stack of match slips and there is four slips per page. But what happens is, is one Mm -hmm. is at the top of the first page, two is at the top of the second, three is at the top of the third, and then like the second match, the second slip on page one is like 130, and then the one behind it is 131. So when you cut the match slips, especially when you have a paper cutter, like if you have a paper cutter that can do 150 pages at once, it's just shunk, 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 four piles, stack them on top of each other and go. But when you have to do 10 at a time... You have to stagger it. There's a lot of opportunity to... Yeah, you have to stagger it and you have to pay attention to what you're doing. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. And that is if you have started judging since the pandemic, that is maybe not possibly a skill that you would have. Which is why the stage staff was looking for a an old fart.
2: <laughs> okay. Awesome. So I believe... I don't want to be misquoted here. I th- I think that Companion has the ability to print paper pairings, but I don't know what quality they are. Um, so maybe that's something that if you have a chance, you can talk to your store. If you work at an LGS and maybe print out a set for a larger event, just uh, round two or three, just to see what they look like, folks. Because it's possible at a future event, if you work a larger, larger event, that you'll have to do it yourself.
1: Neat, yeah. I got one that isn't on here, but the question from before made me think of it. Since I want to always look on the positive side, what is all of your greatest success as a judge? Oh, I know mine. I think I know mine. Let's hear it. it okay. It's,
2: it's, not, it's not a big thing either. It was um, back before um, we had Judge Academy when we were still the, the judge program trademark. I was an area captain for the state of New Jersey. And that's basically just a judge who helps to organize things and make sure that problems get to the right people. I wasn't actually too much of a problem solver. But one thing I did do is I called every store in my state and I got email addresses for everybody. And I put them all into a giant Google calendar so that they could all schedule events uh, without scheduling things on top of each other. I thought that was great. And then about a month later the world ended and we went to Judge Academy and we didn't need area captains anymore. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't quite a month later, but it was it was very soon after, and it felt a little bad. But um everybody seemed to appreciate the idea that we would talk to each other about scheduling
0: things, and I think that's something we still should do.
1: Absolutely cool. agree. Uh the
0: thing I am most proud of is the Exemplar program, like I didn't build it, but I maintained it, and i th- I have had people tell me that they did not think it was going to last and did not think it was going to survive. Um, but it did. It ran for four or five years. It did a whole lot of good. I realize that there are some people that very much disagree with that statement, um, <laughs> and. Uh, they're objectively wrong, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it did a lot of good for a lot of folks and I would love to see something like it again, maybe without, you know, since foils are not a thing, things can be done, uh, differently, but the core of recognizing people, um, uh, like people, people who got nominated is just such a shot in the arm and people still look back at those things, those tokens and those cards, uh, that had the nominations. It's, you know, we even, um, like, uh, last, last year when, uh, uh, Adam Hubble passed, we gave his, his widow, uh, the text of the nominations that he had received over the years that she might not have seen. And so... You know, that was really meaningful to her. We did a lot of good things. And so I'm really, really proud of that. That's awesome. What you got?
1: Uh, For me, I think it has to go back to back when I was living in Indiana. Uh, I was starting up as a judge in Fort Wayne. And uh, some of my mentors had actually put together like weekly little judge meetings. And my... One of my proudest moments is just like seeing how much I was able to help keep that going, especially after like the main person who was running them, like the senior L two in the area, a gentleman by the name of Burned, uh, oh. retired from judging. And uh, he had put this together, like, every week. We'd all meet up at a different game store. We would go around to all the game stores in the area. So, like, we weren't showing favoritism to one store or another. And just to make sure, like, people could come out to their favorite store for this. And, you know, see players who were wanting to get into judging and all that. But we got to the point where for a very long time, like, close to two years straight, we were doing pretty much weekly judge meetings where we would all get together and, like, talk about new policy. You know, do scenarios, help people work on stuff that they needed to level up we got people up to level one and level two through that and it it was just always really heartwarming especially because like it was always my job since i was like kind of uh helping direct a lot of it to like go and get pizza on the way there so i just get like a couple little caesar's pies and just bring them on over but a little pizza and just hanging out at a game store and playing some games and quizzing each other on rules and just building up that real core judging community was fantastic one of my favorite times of the program awesome I think Very that's cool. it for questions oh no nope, there's,
0: there's one more one two others. oh there's charles one. charles do you have Ooh. any stories from eternal weekend
2: um i don't know so much of stories i i did mention something in the in the discord about how many people i'd sign up for just one little event eternal weekend um for those that don't know is uh, an event that's held in three different um continents and uh, at three different times. And essentially, it's a celebration of Legacy and Vintage, uh, that, but there are also pauper events and some modern events that happen through the course of, of the uh, four-day event here in North America. Uh, and I attended uh, as staff Eternal Weekend in Pittsburgh this year. And the real big takeaway from that is Legacy is not dead. <laughs> oh, boy. legacy's what? <laughs> Legacy not is not dead. Um, oh, no. We had... Uh, the last Eternal Weekend uh, record for attendance was something around 700 or so players for the main event for Legacy. Uh, we had over a thousand this past weekend for the Saturday Legacy Champs, um, which wow. which sounds it sounds like, a you know, from people who who've worked Magic hunts it doesn't sound big. But when they're all playing Legacy, it is. Oh, boy, is it big? And uh, they had uh, play all weekend passes that were available to players. And I think players figured out that there was real value in those. So we had a tremendous number of side events that launched with not just the, the mandatory number of players, but some of them had uh, anywhere from 75 to, to over 200 players for sides for legacy. I It's just it boggles my mind how many people were there. We we had to activate all standby judges. Uh some of them were available, some of them were not. And and we got through the weekend fairly well. I think everybody left very happy. And uh I just I, I can't I can't begin to tell you how cool that community is.
1: So I had a really good time and um Legacy's not dead. That is awesome to hear. I think a former judge also won the legacy championship, didn't they? TK one TK one. Um, and, and I
2: could hear the whoops from across the room. Uh, there was, a, <laughs> a, a definite amount of celebration. In fact, I'm not sure the TK has stopped celebrating yet. Uh, and as I well, hope not. that's as, huge as well. He should not. Uh, he won yeah. the, the RK post lightning bolt in the frame and, a I I believe a substantial cash cash prize. TK's a, a great person and, and uh, kudos to him for the win.
1: Heck yeah. Awesome. So, shall we move on to my favorite part of Festivus? The airing of grievances.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, yes.
1: You've all done a lot. What, what? God, what's the quote? I wish I'd watched this episode before we did this show. I got a lot to say to you people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's that, that sounds pretty dead on. So, <laughs> so if you have things to say to us, people, what do you have to say to us?
1: All right. I got something to say. And so it's funny before our show, we talked about, oh, you know, let's kind of keep our, the things we're going to talk about tonight, kind of secret from each other. Cause it'll be fun to just respond in the moment. And so I started my own little Google doc here. Cause as you both know, I write copious amounts of notes cause I'm extremely verbose. Um, And I wrote a few options for what I might want to talk about here. And looking at all of them, there's one theme that kind of runs through all of these ideas. Mm -hmm. Capitalism. And let's tell you why. First of all, um, big grievance uh, as of late. Wizards decided to lay off a big chunk of their staff recently. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% of their workforce, maybe even up to 20%. I forget the exact number, and and forgive me for not getting that exactly right, Um, but a bunch of WOTC staff got laid off while the CEO got an $8 million bonus, which is really not a good look, especially considering Wizards does so much to keep Hasbro afloat, and you know, we all know a lot of great people at Wizards who do really good work and are really great people in general, plenty of former and current judges are at watsi and just we're all good human beings and those layoffs are a side effect of capitalism and very unfortunate um but then other stuff that relates to that things like other stuff that happened this year where TOs were trying to take advantage of a really great format like CDH and a lot of players really excited about something new and then decided to run off with all their money and not pay their artists, their judges, not even some of the people who won the tournaments at their event because they wanted that almighty dollar. And overall, no, I, just how... I thought it was because they couldn't sell playmats. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess I won't speak to their actual motivation because I'm sure even my description of it isn't really true other than just, you know, no, I, think you got, I think, and non-good I think I think, I think you got this. most of
2: that one correct. That I, I've been following that story very closely. Um, mm-hmm. That person should be driven from the magic community and should never be allowed to darken
1: her doorstep again. Hmm. Agreed. And and I will say a positive aspect of that has been how everybody kind of banded together and started, you know, making sure everybody was aware of exactly who they were and exactly who to avoid. So uh, that's all I'll really say on that because I don't like highlighting bad people. Um, and yeah, just overall, the, the state of Magic <coughs> stores and TOs in general lately, there's been a lot of talk of how, like, game stores are pulling out of the Magic card market and singles are tanking and, you know game stores are being affected like there's been talk recently of bringing back planeswalker points because it was a really great way to get people into your local store and spending money and supporting your local gaming store whereas nowadays you just don't see that as much and all that just kind of comes down to capitalism how easy is it to keep a store afloat how easy is it to help a store be profitable so they can actually hire good judges for events where they really need to have them since nobody requires that anymore just a really sad state of financial terribleness right now in the whole magic community. That's my soapbox. Yeah, you touched you you yeah you
0: touched on a lot. So <laughs> maybe we should. <laughs> I know I went all over the maybe, place. I apologize. Maybe we should have coordinated these airing of grievances beforehand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, mm-hmm. if we want to just like rail at the same people over and over again, that's fine by me. Yeah, I'm I'm
0: frustrated with. Wizards in general, my, my two big hobbies are Magic and Dungeons and Dragons. And Wizards has this, you know, with this year, they had the Magic 30 debacle. They've overprinted <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. They canceled the Judge program for the second time. Uh, uh, then on the D&D front, they've... Um, you know, they had the OpenGL issue at the beginning of the year, uh, where they were trying to like steal money out of content uh content creators' uh pockets and they're trying to figure out a way to turn D D into like a microtransaction system now. And then I don't know, like I could I could get firing wizards employees who had like really bad ideas that hurt magic players and and hurt the, hurt you know hurt the community or hurt d d players or something like that. Like whoever thought the open the that open gl was a good idea. Okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> I can see I can see that person going, but like people that worked on greenlit the Baldur's Gate three game, what what are you thinking? You know, just it's it's you know. So my 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 grievance is just watsy. Well, Although the second one is is judge compensation has not kept up with inflation.
1: Oh no. No, it hasn't.
0: No. And and yeah, it really hasn't. And the only thing that I can kind of think of that might actually be a good thing, and believe it or not, I'm gonna say going to what is it, the play booster might actually represent a real honest God raise for judges. If you consider like the booster box to be like a unit, you know, for work, uh, mm. uh, you know, like if if you work an RC and you get a booster box, if you're a level one or two booster boxes, if you're level two, if it's a play booster now, you've just got a raise. Well, oh, Brian, it's not going to work. Brian, it's not going to work out, Brian. Brian, Brian,
2: Brian, Brian. What? So I had like three airings of grievances, and and you've Did I just hit all of them? you you've just. Gave validation for, for one of the things that I'm kind of upset over. Okay.
1: Oh, boy. Hit it.
0: Let's go. Let's oh, okay. Go. Okay, fine. Uh, 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 competitive EDH tournaments. Agreements. No. no, no. <laughs> Thumbs <laughs> down.
2: Uh, the, the upcoming set, Mark of Manor, um, as we all know, is going to uh, be available as one product type with the exception of collector boosters. It's going to be these new play boosters. Um, The new play boosters are replacing two different products. They're replacing the set boosters and the draft boosters. As we know, play boosters are some kind of amalgamation of the two in terms of how the packs are put together, and they're going to be apparently sold at the price of the uh, set boosters, correct? Yes, Uh, about, yeah. Yeah, so back in the napkin math, I think that that means drafts are going to get more expensive. Yes, very much so. And I think that it's going to get expensive to the point where stores that normally would fire one or two drafts a week will have difficulty doing so. Because I think some players are going to tap out at the increased price. And if you can't get, you know, six or eight players, you're not going to launch that draft. And I think that that's going to hurt play. I don't think they'll sell any less product. I think they'll be satisfied in the end with whatever bottom line that they look at, which is is how I think Wizards... Um, it does try to justify changes like this. And I think that that's fine. I, you know, they're a company. They're supposed to make money. That's the way the world works. Great. Um, but I think they're going to kill one of my favorite formats at the local level. And I'm very sad about that. Yeah, so that's, I one. can see that. So that's, isn't
0: one. it, isn't it drafts? Drafts are now going to be like 25, 30% more expensive. That's my guess. My guess is somewhere between 27 27 and 28
2: dollars will probably be where it lands, which means that we, due to rounding really? due to rounding I think it'll either be 25 or 30. Drafts right now for most stores, if you're doing pack per win, uh, they get away with about twenty dollars as a price point for a draft. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think seeing it at somewhere between 25 and 30 is a reasonable expectation going forward once that set releases.
1: Hmm. To be
2: determined, and I won't even know because my local store is closing in the next month. So, but that's not a that's not an airing a grievance. <sighs> Nobody has anything to do with that. That's that's uh, personal decisions by the owner, and and you know, kind of have to respect that. With that yeah. said, what else you got? With that said, um, I have two other airings of grievances, and mm-hmm. you people have to listen to them. No, I'm mm-hmm. going to keep it really short. <laughs>
1: yes, um, sir.
2: Uh, airing a grievance two is, I think on the whole, that companion and event link will no longer be updated because it hasn't been really updated to this point, at least in terms of needed features or changes. And I think that it's kind of stuck where it is. Um, I'd love to hear differently, uh, but they have stopped communicating ever since the lead, uh, the original lead left that project, I would assume about a year ago now. So I am I would like to see some movement. I would love to hear that Event Link is going to be updated to be um, more robust, to be able to survive when you um, go down uh, due to internet connectivity issues, that it would uh, allow for uh, fix seating of players, that it would allow for any number of things that it doesn't currently. Oh, and that it would fix the whole issue with Uh, limited events where if you run sealed for the swiss (laughs) round and if you go to draft in the top eight uh, that it would actually pair uh, it would actually seat players randomly for the draft which is what it's supposed to do according to the mtr uh, but uh, the software does not do that it seats them according to their their finish in the swiss round which leads to possibilities of collusion Uh, yeah i
0: had uh with event link the to when they created the event they didn't specify that it needed a top eight so uh, i i had to i couldn't figure out how to fix it with event link so i had to get real creative with just making the bracket by hand and having the players play and then just dropping players yeah you actually
2: me. you actually have to randomly you have to randomly create it um for for it for the event if it's sealed it's kind of terrible. Yeah, that's- Um, and then the, the last airing of grievance, and I don't know how much of a grievance it is, but we've moved to judge foundry. Um, and I would like to see more judges talking to each other about signing up for it right now. There's been a slow uptick in judges. I think invested judges have moved over to some extent. Uh, we've seen a lot of L2s and L3s, um, and now they're L4s and L5s as well. Um, but I haven't seen as many L1s. And what I'd really like to see is I'd like to see the L2s and L3s talking to their local judges and trying to find out if they've moved into Judge Foundry and if not, uh, what the the sticking point is. We need a support network and we need judges to be a part of that. So it's not so much an airing airing a grievance as it is a please be mindful friends and talk to your local judges.
0: Yeah, I... I'll I'll echo echo that to a degree. This uh this past weekend I did a comp. You know what? I'm going to talk about that under feats of strength.
2: I think you should, because I think right. my, I think mine was a little bit of a mix, and I think you should. I think you should help me land the plane and do it in feats of strength.
0: All right. So I was originally going to talk about the holiday promo card and how that works, but we'll instead talk about. So um, this past weekend. Uh, we had the, uh, the last Judge Academy sponsored end of year regional conference. And it was, um, a hybrid conference, meaning it was physical, um, at DreamHack and then, uh, streamed on both, uh, Thursday and then rebroadcast on Sunday and I did a presentation on what a judge program needs and then why people need a judge program. And while that can be an, a, a whole, like I talked for an hour on the topic and I figured if, if we all talked about it, uh, it could be a two to three hour episode. But basically <laughs> I boiled everything down to uh, the three things that a judge program needs is funds. Faith and folks, you, you know, uh, again, real quick, it's it's GoDaddy.com does not accept uh, judge foils and the U.S. Postal Service does not accept project <laughs> work in exchange for stamps and lawyers uh, aren't going to work pro bono for for that uh, faith. It needs to be trusted and people need to have confidence that the that the product which, in reality, in any judge program, you kind of are both the customer and the product. You know, that the product is good. And folks is just, you know, people. It's it's really only as strong as as the people. But I also did a part as to why we need the judge, why we need a judge program. And to touch a little bit on what Marco said and what Charles said is... First off, players do not look out for judges. To's, aside from like one or two little bright spots, uh, they do not look out for judges. Uh, Wizards does not look out for judges. The only people that look out for judges are other judges, with any sort of consistency or regularity. So we kind of need to stick together. The other thing, and I was really, this was for the conference. I, I was actually really proud of this reaction in the room when I was talking about who needs a judge program. <laughs> I asked, I asked the room, I was like, "How many people in this room are L 2s And about eighty percent raised their hand. And I just kind of gave it a pause for a second, and I was like, "Says who?" <laughs> and like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: the realization when like they were like, "Well, judge, you can't uh, judge, huh?" <laughs> you know, it was just this this oh. moment of. Oh, huh? You know, and that's yeah. that's yeah, and just like the the kind of like the shock and surprise on so many fields face, faces. I was like, yeah, okay, I think that gets across the point. You know, you you want to have there needs to be some sort of organization backing it, or you are just level Brian. And then obviously, because I made that joke in the in the chat, there was lots of like you know like oh god, level Brian, you know. And then Spellman's <laughs> there like you know it's like can i also be level Brian? <laughs> i'm like no you have to be something else that sounds very similar so that people still get him confused <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was uh i thought it, i thought it was well received the conference as a
1: whole uh went well um as an attendee i will say that i really liked your part because it touched on a lot of things that people didn't really think of like and and i'll be very frank on this i struggled with Judge Foundry when it was announced, and pretty much, I think, leading up until we were able to have Texas Joe on the show and able to have a little back and forth with him, um, I struggled trying to really understand, like, okay, well, what is this even doing for me? Why do I care? Uh, You know, like, I thought about, oh, do I want to go for L3, maybe L4? Like, what does it even matter? I had a lot of that who cares attitude. And that specific thing you said of who says and everybody just looking around like oh that's why i care that's what matters is having that support having somebody officially saying this and vouching for you yeah you do you <laughs> newly minted l3u yeah oh yeah uh, that yeah. happened <laughs> oh, yeah congratulations. <laughs> yep 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 that happened uh but yeah like i'm i'm after that talk with texas joe i'm in and i definitely believe more in why it matters so much so that i went all right let's just go for it and go for broke so here we are brilliant so
0: any uh what's uh what else feats of strength i took a test
2: recently you did well more like a quiz and i want to talk about it just talk about it so um if you are part of judge foundry uh judge foundry has introduced maintenance quizzes Maintenance quizzes are this concept that um, several times a year, uh, judges should be taking a a quiz, a a very brief five-question mini-test, to see whether or not you have internalized the new set mechanics and any changes to policy that are happening as a result. It has long been a promise of the judge program, and I'm using that in the most generic sense, that maintenance requirements would be something that judges have to live up to and this is a this is a bigger part of the whole thing but the concept of maintenance quizzes themselves was something that judge academy started to do but i don't think there was any overarching requirement that you completed them the judge program had said which was the precursor to judge academy had said many times we're going to institute maintenance quizzes or maintenance tests or some kinds of maintenance requirements, but I never really saw that happen, and and maybe I maybe I missed something, but I didn't I didn't actually see that come forward. But Judge Foundry has said we're going to do it, and then they said here it is.
0: So so I'm excited. They did, they did have maintenance quizzes for L3s, the old the old
2: program okay. did, but they but they said that they would have them for L2s, and I think even yeah. for L1s, and it never they never yeah. came came about. And I right. don't know why. Um, I don't uh, know if it was lack of person power or if it was lack of agreement on how to institute
0: them or some combination just, of things. It was that and translate because you had to translate them into a gajilla, sure. Gajillion languages. Sure. Now, here's a here's a funny thing. I remember, so we had as L3s, we had four quizzes a year of like five ish questions, five to ten questions, four times a year, once for each set and i remember one judge fussing because they they had a professional job and they said that the maintenance work for the l3 to keep l3 was significantly higher than the maintenance work that they had to do for their certified job where they were handling like millions of dollars of assets and hmm. my thought was Holy crap,
1: you know, just like terrifying,
0: it's absolutely terrifying. Where he was using it as a way of saying that the maintenance requirements were too strict, and I saw it as oh my god, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this cannot be true, right? And maybe it
2: is, and that's even scarier. But coming full circle here, I'm just thankful that um we have maintenance quizzes i think judges should be made aware of them and should be doing them you have to complete three out of four a year Uh, and uh, there's there's no reason why you can't get started right now joint jump into judge apps uh if you're registered with foundry you can go ahead and take your maintenance quiz now for the current set so please do so
1: i took a different test and <laughs> Yeah you did. <laughs> <laughs> um and in taking that test and, and going for L three, which by the way, hello, freshly minted L3 here. Um I I wanna highlight as a feat of strength just Judge Foundry's thought process in expanding what was L two under the old program under Judge Academy, uh and even the end of the original Judge program, uh to the new L two, L three, and L four in judge foundry like i remember the time where when there were five levels four and five really didn't mean that much like three was the pretty aspirational one and then once you get to three like maybe you'll end up four or five but most that wasn't really a driving factor for a lot of people at least but then what ended up happening was level two ended up becoming so bloated especially after the pptq system where it's like oh, well, we need all the level twos in the world because every store needs an L2 now, and there's way too many stores and not enough L2s. But then what he had as a result of that was no clear definition of what an L2 meant. Are you a level two who was basically just running PPTQs for your local game store and you never left town? Or were you an L2 who was team leading at Grand Prix on day two or sometimes even day one, of a Grand Prix main event, and you both carry the same title. So something I really like is how level two, level three, and level four are now well-defined in Judge Foundry, where they can put out definitions, and I go, oh, I actually see that I slot into this. For me, it was, okay, I feel very confident I'm absolutely a level three. Whereas in the past, I felt, uh eh, probably, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, it depends on the day you get me, whatever it is. But now having that just gives so much more definition where I can carry that title of L3, not have it mean that I, you know, passed a, uh, a a series of trials that were Herculean at times, but actually it was just, no, you are solid judge who is expected to be able to do A, B, and C. And in fact, like I look at those new definitions and I go, hey for like a, a 2024 New Year's resolution, I think level four might be in my future once I sharpen up a few skills. I don't know. I feel like it might be on the cusp, but the clarity in how they redefined L2 to now be two through three and four is just a huge upgrade from what it was beforehand. Oh.
0: Well, but I, I
2: I am encouraged by Marcus's uh, point of view on all of this.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Are, are you going to...
2: um? Personally, I'm somewhat on the fence. Um, I have a couple of things that I would have to overcome in able to get there. Uh, For me, the number one thing is figuring out how to not just arrive at L3, but how to maintain it. Uh, The maintenance Mm. requirements, for me, are a little steep. Um, I've lost one, I'm losing one store. Um, I have another one that does not do competitive magic. Uh, for me to uh, work events, I have to travel an hour um, or more to get to competitive magic. Um, and for me having a family and, and having a, a fulfilling professional career, it's a question. Is it is it worth me going to all the steps to get to L3 to sit there and watch me lose it in a year? I don't know. Um, if something changes locally or if new opportunities open up, then maybe, uh, it's something that I have not closed the door on entirely. I thought I had, but I'm, I'm still kind of looking at it askance and hoping things line up correctly. But right now I'm, I'm just happy where I am. Um, and I'm not suggesting by any means that Judge Foundry should change the requirements for maintenance for L3. Uh, I think they're actually really quite strong, and and a, and a good way to do that. It's just I'm not sure I can meet the required number of events a year to work. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I think that, and and don't take my asking you that because I just realized after I said it that that could very much sound like I'm pushing you, like, oh yeah, you're going to be L three next, or you're going to try for this. It's it's oh hey friend, very much I've had... not a thing of pushing you towards that by any means whatsoever i've had this conversation numerous times
2: and um yeah i i really don't mind being asked i think i think it's how it's asked um you asked mm-hmm. in a in a very pleasant conversational manner um i don't love it when people when one judge looks at another judge and says you should be l3 or l2 or whatever or the Uh, because are
1: are you this yet or why aren't you this yet yeah that's the worst that
2: has an implication of um you are somehow feeling yourself that's not where i want to be and that's not where you were so uh, i I don't mind the question um but i had i had the conversation several times over the course of eternal weekend and by the end of it, I had somebody that I respect pull me aside and say, other judges look up to you. You need to do this thing. And I understand that point of view. So
0: I'm still looking at it.
1: Sure. Anyway. All right.
0: So I'm going to talk about the holiday promo card because I wrote a bunch of parodies down. Heck yes. Let's do All this. Right. So the, the holiday promo card, which is for the first time not silver bordered, it's got that Acorn, Acorn at the thing. bottom. Um, <laughs> yeah. This will be this will be the first year in about a decade where I've had to go and buy it because uh, it used to be that L three's got one from Wizards. Mm-hmm. This will be the first year that they don't do that. Uh, but the promo card is seasons seasonal sequels for X blue blue blue. It is an instant. It says pitch the titles of up to X holiday themed sequels to target spell. Copy that spell for each title pitched, except the copy has that name. You may choose <laughs> new targets for the copies. So basically, you just get to copy a spell a whole bunch of times, but you gotta have some fun with it. So, so, so we have- first, first off, it's very important. Pitch is
2: not a, a magic term. Pitch is, you know, the Hollywood idea of throwing a title out there. Yeah. Float some ideas by me. Yeah, I just want to make sure, because listeners listening to us may not Mm. get that right off.
1: Yeah, they've been scarred by pitch elementals too long. Yes. Yeah. So, on the card itself, it gives you two
0: examples. Die Hardened Scales, and then the less creative War Elf. Oh,
2: it also has in the flavor text.
0: Yes, it also now showing Sword of Hearth and Home Alone, Eight Crazy Knight's Charge... Holiday incinerate. I don't get that one. Holiday
1: incinerate. I don't get that one either. And Rex Phyrex-
0: Yeah, and Pharexian Gremlins because Gremlins is a Christmas movie, just like Die
1: Hard is a Christmas movie. Officially a Christmas movie. Thank you, wizards, for that clarification.
0: Yeah, but, well, not really, because whoever came up with that idea got fired. So <laughs> terrible. Oh.
2: Too yeah. soon. Terrible. So before we get the, in the whole list that, that Brian has, Marcus came up with one or two, and I came up with one or two. So Marcus, what are yours?
1: All right. So my pitches here are It's a Wonderful Phyrexian on Life and Home Alone 2, Totally Lost in New York.
2: Okay, good. And, and I came
1: up with The Green Knight
2: of Glory and coming next December, The Green Knight of Old Benalia.
1: Uh, deep right. cuts.
0: And for me, I have reoccurring nightmare before Christmas. I love that one. That's the that's na- amazing. <laughs> the naughty the naughty nine fingered king, which could also be a different kind of movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Frosty the Goblin Snowman. I love that one. Nice. Miracle on Thirty 10th Street hooligan. <laughs> sick thieving otters jug band christmas that's a deep cut yeah <laughs> rudolph the rhyme for reindeer love it okay and then a very herald of kozalek and kumar christmas
1: <laughs> terrible <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible oh boy love it. <laughs> Listeners, hit us back on whatever social media you found us on, and let us know your seasonal sequels, because somebody has to top Recurring Nightmare Before Christmas. Or that Kozalak and Kumar. That was actually really good. <laughs> Thank you. I
2: mean, Thieving Otters, Jug Band Christmas, that's... <laughs> yes, Thieving it's Otters, Jug great. Band Christmas is amazing. It's
1: great. <laughs>
2: so good. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so um we've we've done our feats of strength we have aired our grievances we've had dinner it's now time for a festivus miracle uh does anybody have a, a festivus miracle that they want to share the show might end in less than an hour and a half well, that is a
1: festivus miracle <laughs> okay. we, we, hey, that should be we my you are, are
2: going to get there um, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big one actually
1: yeah. yeah we've had a string of long
2: ones um uh, for me, it's that judges are still judging. You know, when everybody yeah. saw that Judge Academy was leaving us, um, there was a lot of skies falling is happening, and, and and it wasn't always public. There were there were a lot of conversations that were happening between judges, and they were wondering whether or not they were going to stick with it, um, whether or not there was uh, a reason to continue, um, who would step in, how would that work, but nationwide. And, and internationally, we uh, have different groups that are stepping forward and, and doing the thing. Uh, in the U.S. and Canada, we have Judge Foundry. Internationally serving many, many areas, we have the International Judge Foundation. Is it foundation? In- international Judge Program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a group that is being put together for Mexico. There's a group that is being put together for, I believe, Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, UK. I would imagine there's one for the UK, and I would imagine yep. that the IJ IGP isn't covering everywhere that that Brazil traditionally has a very strong judge program. They may do their own thing. I'm not sure.
0: Um, uh, Bruna Bruna is in. Uh, Bruna one is of in the, the I, of... IG, IGP. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe they're going to stay with them, which is great because that's that's uh, gives them. Um, a, a vast number of resources down there. And then, of course, there's Asia, and I'm not sure how the different uh, countries in Asia are going to respond. But here's what we're going to be doing to help everybody. Um, if you have a judge program, if you have a website or a uh, strong, regular point of contact, maybe a Facebook page, whatever, um, and you would like us to help get the word out, please let us know. For the next few months, we're going to be including in the show notes, contact information for any active groups that we can find. Um, I have not found a webpage for the Mexi- Mexico group. I have not found a webpage for the Finnish, for the Finnish group. No. So if you all have a webpage up and running, please send it our way. We'll be happy to help advertise it uh, and anybody else who comes up with one because judging will go on and I'm excited for what the future holds. That's my Festivus
1: Miracle. Yeah, I'll I'll branch off of that actually, and I think the Festivus miracle is just the judges themselves. How I, I think I said this before in a previous episode, it might have been when Judge Academy and Judge Foundry switchover first got announced, but I'll say it again here: the the old judge program, Judge Academy, Judge Foundry, and even just people going around doing judging work has always been curated and and made better by the people who choose to involve themselves in it there is no way that you can become a billionaire being a magic judge there is no you know major international fame and glory where everyone in the world is going to know your name for doing this and yet people continue to do so and they continue to put in a lot of hard work and a lot of effort to make something that equates to borderline hobby, borderline side job, borderline, you know, passion project. They just keep making it something that we can come back to and that we can reminisce with each other on and that we can grow a community with. And that is so big I cannot even begin to describe that in just a little blurb at the end of our episode. But uh the people are the thing that got me into judging in the first place. They're the thing that kept me pushing to be better and do better and that is consistent through today so uh that Festivus Miracle is all of you listening and all of us here talking all of us together we are the miracle
0: yes I am the miracle (laughs) that's what you said right yep that's exactly what I said Brian you are the miracle I'm part of we right yeah yeah that's right it now, was the royal we, but yeah. Look at me now; I am the miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no, we've created a monster. Yeah, uh. yeah. I was already here. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair. We we came here to join him. He was yeah. already here before we got here. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's 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 to the people, man. It's it's always been the people. The best part of the judge program has been the people. So just. You know, coming together, working to make a, a an event good, um, it it does break my heart that the uh, that we don't get the respect that like we don't get like half the respect that I think that we deserve um, or y'all deserve, yeah. you know um, and it is kind of a miracle that we still we still do it. It is a miracle that, like, realistically, Watsy should be thinking that it's a miracle that we didn't all just walk. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, every single, every single one of our listeners, if you're out there and, you know, you, you put on, uh, you put on your judge shoes and your judge pants and you grab a notebook and a red pen and you go out there and you make an RCQ happen or you make an RC happen. You, you're doing good. Yeah. Sounds wonderful.
1: That's a yeah. sweet note to end on.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think so. So anything else for the good of the order? Or, or is Festivus mm-hmm. come and gone and, and uh, we need to take the poll down and put it away for next year?
0: So I haven't actually seen that Seinfeld episode, so I don't know if I have any <laughs> Festivus-related closing th- are we supposed to do well, something? Well
1: normally at this point somebody would be wrestling somebody else on the ground and I think oh. we can safely say that that's not happening tonight so Can, can we leave the Festivus
0: poll up until like May long enough for the neighbors to complain? <laughs> I,
2: I have I have, a, I have a neighbor that still has a zombie up on their porch and it's not a zombie from this Halloween it's a zombie from <laughs> 2022's <laughs> Halloween <laughs> It's great <laughs> I pass Love by that it. house every day, walking wow. my dog,
0: and I just salute that zombie. I mean, but, he, you know, that's not someone who's lazy. That's someone who's dedicated. Who, who was told <laughs> to take it down, and they're making a
2: point. Uh, hey, that's yeah. why I've had a beard for 30 years. Anyway. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Is it really? Hold on.
0: Yeah. Hang on. So I have a goatee, and I will tell you... Exact I am 47 years old, and I will tell you the exact reason I still have a goatee is because when I was 18, I wanted to grow one out, and my girlfriend at the time would not let me. And when we <laughs> broke up, I grew a goatee out, and I have shaved it off three times wow. in in 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, and
2: they were all job interview yeah. related. I, yeah, I, I've had my I've had my beard for thirty years. Um, yeah. I was I was working in a library. I, I had a mustache. I had a supervisor pull me aside and tell me, you know, if a man has a mustache, it makes him look like they're frowning all the time. And I said, bet. <laughs> 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 and I haven't gotten rid of it since. So anyway Uh, um all right
1: so much so much facial hair out of spite (laughs) it is yeah
2: all right so uh that's our episode join us in the new year when we answer such riveting questions as when will we do another release notes episode and why for the love of all that is good does that card have reach until then you can send us an email at judgecast at com, or like us on facebook or follow us on twitter at judgecast and on bluesky at judgecast.bsky.social and check out any of our social media for invite links to our Discord server for judges new and old, fans, and anyone who supports the judging community. I'm Charles Featherer, and I
0: keep it fair. I'm Marco Sanchez, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman, and I keep it Aladdin's Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Aladdin's Lampoon's Christmas Vacation.
1: (laughs) Fantastic.
2: Oh. (laughs) Oh, you kept that one in the bank.
1: Well done.
2: Nice. Nice.